As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Hey, driving again. Oh, you're killing me. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. Do you hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a Warriors Plus Minus heading into the All-Star Break edition. Um, Warriors play a late night Thursday game before the break. One of only six teams in action tonight. Uh, so it is now the all-star break and it, uh, arrived in an interesting fashion. Uh, 140, 137 in regulation. They beat the jazz and nearly had another disaster, you know, giveaway game. They should have lost. Yeah. Yeah. How about the John Collins pass into like the fifth row? (laughs) (laughs) That was wild. Uh, but. You know, we will get to some of the mechanisms that that almost cost them the game and should kind of concern them. But the story, obviously, of the day is Clay Thompson Um, comes off the bench for the first time since March 2012. Uh, Do you guys, Marcus Thompson? Do you you were probably would you have been a beat writer covering that game? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was a beat writer covering that game, and he was the bench guy back then. what what was the date March? I think that might so, he so didn't become I, a starter until they up. traded I wrote, Monte. I wrote a so I wrote a lead tonight that included that game. So they played the Clippers in L.A. Chauncey Billups is on those Clippers, by the way. Chris Paul led the Clippers, uh, and he comes off the bench with Nate Robinson. They both played nineteen minutes. Uh, Monte and Steph started, but do you know why Clay moved into the starting lineup the next? Because game? they traded Monte in Sacramento. No. Nope, no, nope, no, nope. no. This was Clay's rookie season. Monte gets traded the next season. This is Steph Curry's final game of his third season because he's having uh, ankle problems. The ankle so he actually correct. replaces Steph in the starting lineup uh, because Steph d- didn't finish that season. Now, by the time Steph gets back, Clay's established. But eh, just kind of an interesting piece of history. And also just, wow, it's been a long time. 727 consecutive games. Uh, his first start was against the Kings, who had Chuck Hayes on the team. Chuck Hayes is now in the Warriors front office. So a lot of randomness. But, um, I, you know, all the numbers suggested Steve Kerr should have made the move. He said he's been thinking about it, but it still was bold and, and a little surprising that he actually 
did it. Well, what do we always say? You know, Draymond's come off the bench. Steph's come off the bench in playoff games. Draymond came off the bench and after he was suspended in the Sacramento series. Uh, they all sit on, you know, at some point, you know, whether that's symbolism, whatever, they've all taken their turns on the bench. And Clay's the one who had – Clay's the one who, if he got hurt a little bit, he went right back in the starting lineup. If he was struggling, he's in – there's not even a question. He's starting games. He's closing games. He's the one guy out of that group who had never, you know, Andre Godalo, you know, goes to the bench permanently when at the start of this thing. Clay's mindset was he never was going to. Uh, so it was a big thing, huge thing for Kerr to decide to do it, to tell Clay was doing it, and for Clay to accept it all kind of happening at once. Um, but I think Clay was ready for it. it. It took a long time, took a lot of struggling, took a really struggled game last night. Uh, and maybe he was ready for it. Well, I think last night does matter where... because last night matters yep. because he does, doesn't yep. close, which has become a regular occurrence lately of him not closing. But they actually put him in as a spacer with like 40 seconds left, and he commits a really bad foul that Steve was clearly upset about. Uh, and I don't know if that's like yep. the final thing that, that kind of, you know, pushed well, he his decision. shot too. Yeah, he yeah. missed a shot. Yeah, I, I think the uh, foul, though, yeah, just the way the reaction yep. to the foul, the sternness from, from Kerr about it post game. Uh, and also the other thing is, I think if you do this now, uh, you know, Friday news dump it a little bit and also allow Clay to think about it over the break. Um, maybe there's a little of that to it. I don't know. Marcus, what's your what's your read on, like, why now? I, well, I, I do feel like there was a, a turning point last game because that foul, uh, just the way uh, they start kind of falling apart when, they ch- when Clay is chasing and he's struggling to chase him. But I think the bigger thing, and Steve talked about it, is like Clay's legs. I think they just want to play him fewer minutes. I think they need him around, you know, 26 instead of pushing 30 because they feel like he's better that way. So to me, like watching the end of that game, I don't know if Steve is directly prescribing that foul and the missed shot to fatigue, but, you know, he's been talking about it. He wants him to play fewer minutes, but I also think, I've been saying it for a long time. You need another dude on the court who can handle the rock and maybe get in. And Pajimski's doing a, a really good job at breaking the paint. You can't just be Steph, like, off the dribble taking guys. I think they want some of that to start the game. So I, I was actually a bit surprised. It feels like an after-the-All-Star break move, though, don't it, right? You get the you get the time to practice. I was kind of shocked he did it on this night, but I do think the legs and the back-to-back – it's like, let me bring you off the bench and you keep keep your minutes down this game. One thing I noticed last night was when Kerr was talking about Pajemski, you notice he said he's one of our best players. I don't know if he said that before. He's praised him. You know, he, he likes him. We know he's playing him. But I don't think he's ever said that. And I like going, okay, wait a minute. Are you saying now he's one of your, like, three best players? Uh, you know, um, you say that a coach says that when he's thinking I, I need this guy to have a more prominent role. Now again, he's probably going to play Pajemski about the same minutes. He was playing him a ton, and he had started games obviously when guys miss games. But I just think he also thinks I want Pajemski with Steph. I want those two guys together. And like you said, MC, it's like another ball handler. Now Pajemski wasn't great handling the ball tonight. Like he was getting into trouble and throwing up some wild shots, but. A guy who can get, you know, two dribbles and get to the rim or two dribbles and make a pass. Um, 
I've said that I said on Twitter that CP3 does some of that stuff, and Warriors Twitter, of course, hates CP3 for some reason. I think CP3 is going to be getting some of those minutes, and that might really cut down Clay's minutes too. But you're still going to need him for this stuff. And if, if he shoots this well and plays this well, he's going to close games. But they do need someone else who's not afraid to dribble into traffic and then dribble out of traffic. They've got some guys who panic. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga absolutely panicked with the ball when it was five on three, by the way. Uh, maybe the worst turnover of the season. Wiggins did not want the ball in, in, in the fourth quarter tonight. Um, they, they need one other guy, and Draymond can't be the guy all the time. He's six foot six, and he's got some big guys in traffic. And Pajemski can do some of those things. And, you know, Chris Paul, when he's ready, can do some of those things. Clay can't do some of those things. And, you know, they need someone else who can dribble and make decisions and pass. And I think this was part of the decision, too. Uh, yeah. So, so what were you saying about Chris Paul, though? What did you say about Chris I Paul? I said that's why Kerr likes that him. He... Yeah, Kerr likes him in the lineup. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, he can take three dribbles, stop, turn around, dribble back out, and not get panicked. And, we see the Warriors get panicked with the ball, you know, when they don't have to, and and CP3 can calm them down. He's small. We've talked about it. He and Steph, small backcourt, but so Pajemski and, and Steph, right? You know, you're going to be small if you're playing from that assortment. But Chris Paul can do some stuff at the end of games that make things calm down a little bit. I'll tell you what, though, Clay came in and he calmed down things a couple times. You know, you, you make a shot that calms things down, and you make three shots that really calms things down. So it, it's it's a, just a notable milestone for Clay. I think he's acknowledging it. That this is just he's just not the same guy. He shouldn't try to be the same guy. And this is an evolution. I just heard him talk about Ginobili. It's a great thing for him to say. Like Monte Ginobili came off the bench his whole career, and that's not stopping him from going to Hall of Fame. He could also note Andre Iguodala if he wanted. You know, he he became even more valuable when he became the sixth man. So uh, it's Ray just Allen, a, right? Yeah, yeah, Ray, Ray Allen. Allen. This is the, yeah the, a more a yeah, comp for a player. This is an important time for him, and if he was fighting it, it would be really hard for the Warriors. And and he didn't fight it, and he just explodes shooting the ball. If he can just he, do this, so so he wasn't happy. I mean, Steve even said it like he did not. I'm not sure he took the news well, but he he responded well, right? I mean, and I think that's kind of what you're getting to. But yeah, we're like 35 tonight. We should probably just mention beyond just like the bigger picture, like you know, impact of the decision. Um, I don't know. They've kind of tried to portray it po- post game like Kerr talking about uh, more firepower off the bench. Clay saying, "Well, he'll be more of a focal point of the second unit." Like I, the starting lineup has proven to be really good with Pajemski. What do you guys think about Clay? Like in the lineups that he'll now be in that that'll differentiate it, it a little bit. Yeah, like, is that yeah, yeah? He's going to be going to have a, free, a little more free reign. Maybe you know a bad shot when he's with Steph doesn't look as bad when it's. When Steph's not out there, you get those non-Steph minutes. Uh, you know, a, a little more free thinking, and and you know, a little more like I can just run my stuff and just feel like I'm doing my stuff. I think also a side step. Uh, most of the movies not play anymore, guys. He's not going to play anymore. <laughs> it's just it's going to be really if if they got Pajemski starting and Clay's got to play another 26 minutes. I don't know where Moody's going to play unless they can carve out some small forward minutes for him. That's just a side Moody's note. Not playing, man. Yeah, yeah. Not Moody's playing. not. Moody's not. Moody's <laughs> not. This is this is the not the Moody's not playing move of all. You know, no question. But it's a little. You know, we've talked about it. There's pressure when you're on the court with Steph, and we know Clay hasn't really felt it through his career, but I think he's felt it last few years. And one missed shot when Steph's on the court feels like four missed shots because Steph could be shooting that ball. 
So, you know, I think in a formulation where Clay can be on that second unit and feel comfortable, it just it's a way for him to think about it. It shouldn't be that different, but maybe the mindset is. Uh, and you can you're still close. He's, he closed both halves. First half over Wiggins and second half, you know, kind of over Kaminga. And there's a few, you know, maybe Pajemski was out for a little bit of that. Um, you know, I, I just think it free, can free him up a little bit. Now he can still get, if he doesn't shoot well and he plays 18 minutes, he's not going to be thrilled with that. But that's the life now of a six man. Like you, you run hot and cold. Uh, and if you're not making the shots, you're not going to play as much. It's the way it goes. If you make shots, he's going to play 30. What did he play? 28 minutes tonight, and he could have played more. I, I need to give credit to Warriors uh, expert Monte Ellis, era expert Marcus Thompson. Mar- Monte Ellis was also traded that at that same exact time that Curry was shut down. So you can you can pick and choose whichever one he replaced in the starting I game remember because that because Nate Robinson would start instead of Steph in those games, but – once they traded Monte, because that I remember that was at it was at Arco, and Monte thought he was playing. He was getting dressed, and <laughs> next thing you know, on the ticker, I think it might. I'm pretty sure it was Woj broke the story on the video screen of the locker room that he got traded, and then he got and, and, they, and he just left. And they traded Monte to start Clay. Like that's why we remember. Two, it now. Yeah, they were like they were like yeah. That, that was, was like all right. Clay's the starting two guard. It's Steph and Clay from here on out, right? Like that's what it was. Yeah. I remember that game specifically, but uh, and what yeah, happened about, I, for, I forgot happened, about that stuff. What happened about you seven days later, MT? Like six days later? What, what, anything you remember? Have a little bit, a little bit after that. Chris six Mullen days Knight, later, Chris Mullen Knight and Joe Lagos was <laughs> booed out of Oracle. the retirement jersey. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, because <laughs> people yeah, were mad. They Monte. Yeah. That's how far back when Warriors fans were furious that they traded Monte because he was the superstar. So. Uh, anyway, that's me and, and uh, th- which which brings up another story that TK is gonna love Slater. Uh, we've been going through this for what a decade now. Uh, it was gonna be it was supposed to be Steph traded, right? Yep. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was still, still lingering r- rumors about that. Yep, yep. That's uh, that's so. Funny. Milwaukee was supposedly looking at both of them, so you know it could have been it, theoretically, theoretically, but. Uh, Nomate was traded in order to get Clay into the lineup. That was exactly what happened, and Clay has been the starter ever since. It's been Monte to Clay and now to Pajemski. I don't know. Is Pajemski going to start for 11 years in a row now? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, Slater, what do you think? Because Steve said, and you know, on the clip they showed on TV, that you know they're going to try it out and see how it goes. Do you think – you think Clay is thinking he can, like, play his way back into the start lineup? Because if he starts playing well, it almost feels like, yeah, see, you're better off. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting push and pull. I'll say that. Um, you know, what he was in for Wiggins at one point to close tonight because he was on the floor of Pajemski, and they're fine with that at times. I think he was on for Kaminga, kind of had a, a little bit of an off night also. So if we're talking starting, um, I don't know. Like, that's going to – it'll be a question mark. I mean, he's, he said he's not permanent, so he's not committed to it. But, uh, you know, and Chris Paul's coming back. Chris Paul is probably going to – you know, want to start at times, certainly going to want to close at times. So this is the questions of the second half. But, you know, can to, you imagine to, bringing Paul and Clay off the bench? <laughs> like, what universe is this? By the way, for a for a 20-year-old rookie who turns 21 next month, uh, it's it's shocking. But, you know, I appreciate your, uh, your alley-oop here. I have a really big Pajemsi story coming out. I think it's going to come out next Tuesday. They pushed it back. Um, that just kind Day of – Day one, baby. A one, we yeah. going A one. Yes. That's that's oh, Slater's big time now. Big time. is that two in a, in a month? <laughs> oh, Man, wow! It's a hijacking. All right, I'll just say that. Uh, but the, um, I mean, it's just like kind of encapsulates like you know what you know how quickly he's risen organizationally to everyone at every level, and you know how they drafted him, why they drafted him, and 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 what all the veterans think about him with with a bunch of behind the scenes stories. But I mean. He thinks he he thinks he's got a chance to be a future All Star, and there are people in that locker room. Like Draymond Green has a quote in the story, basically like pointing down at Steph, going like, "You know, he could be the successor to Steph. Not that he's going to be Steph, not not that he's going to become the Hall of Fame player that Steph is, but like you know, like he, like there is a belief that he has a high high ceiling, higher think, than, than maybe we would say. Yeah, I think uh, Lakeup said All Star to me. I I can't I can't remember exactly what he said. He, he obviously loves Pajemski. I think he said All Star. Like he could be an All Star. Start to shoot it, by the way. Yeah. Really start to shoot. Yeah, it. yeah. If he shoots, if he shoots, then he's a really important player. Oh, and no he question. did. Yeah, he shoot. He he shot a couple actual jump shots. And if he does that, not like I think he can shoot it. He just doesn't do it. He has to, and he does. I, I mean, I don't know, Slayer. Maybe look up the stats. Just off the top of my head, I just think he plays really well with Steph. I don't know what the numbers say, but. It just feels like he's a good complement to Steph. Like he can move it, like we say. He's smart. 
He doesn't turn it over a lot. Uh, and, he, you know, if he's starting to hit the three, he spaces it out a little bit. Uh, it just feels like that's, that's a big part of this is doing what's best for Steph, doing what works with Steph. And Bajemski is a nice compliment to Steph. And, you know, it takes those charges. He does things defensively, rebounds the ball. These are just all good things to have with that opening group. And maybe more, and, you know, Wiggins sometimes doesn't have energy. I don't think he had a ton of energy tonight. So Pajemski brings energy. You know, there's just things he does that fits with Steph's, the starting group with Steph, that, okay, he's going to get minutes. And then if he gets minutes, he's going to do stuff. And he always, you know, things positive things happen when Pashimsky's out there. So it doesn't mean he's going to close every half, but I think what they're seeing is it works with Steph, and if it works for Steph, it works for them. That's the big picture. For, for the sake of pods, can I just say, everybody should just calm down <laughs> because there's a guy we've talked about this before. I feel like this is a conversation we've had, and we saw how that went. But Jordan Poole was a successor. <laughs> and we there's still hurdles for him to get through. No doubt. So I think it's important to just say, hey, hold on. No question. Like like tip like like you're saying, Tim, it's great Nexus stuff. Like let's see what happens when now they're saying, let's take away Pajemski. And we're seeing him finishing at the rim. To me, that's the most encouraging thing. I mean, he had a couple of those weird floaters, them high arcing in the fourth quarter. Like yeah, cut that out. He can get to the rim. He can, you know, he can lay it. You're starting to see him have some of these counters, but it, there is a very, very, very massive benefit when you're playing with Steph. That no question. You you well, got to make it translate. I would say the big stunning difference with Pajemski is like he's doing it as a rookie and he's doing it in winning ways and he's doing it on the defense. And he's doing it on the other end. That's a, the thing. Yeah. Rebounder, he leads the league in charges taken. Uh, Kerr compared him. To, Kerr coached Austin Reeves this summer, Team USA, and the way Austin Reeves defends, he's like he, he sees a lot of that. But see, there's like, there's another that. thing though. Like, look at Reeves. Like, he's not. No, right. It's like, all right. so I, I don't oh, want I don't want to put that on him, but I do. I see the potential there. To me, he's got to be able to get from three point line to the rim with consistency. And he's got to make his free throws. Like, he gets those two things, he's at least going to be an incredibly valuable third or fourth player. And and I actually think I see I know what you're saying. TK is right. Like, he's great with Steph, but I actually like him running the second unit. I mean, I really do like him out there. They play so much faster. He's ripping up and down the court, and him driving and weaving out creates all these lanes for you know uh, Kaminga and openings for Clay. Like, I actually think, as a rookie, he's doing a good job leading the second unit. So, I, I, I actually – I like what he's doing. So, like, hey, let's, let's – you know, we've been through this before, though, because Jordan Poole looked like this was his franchise for a while. And, no, uh, no. You guys, yeah, you guys might have thought that. <laughs> I, was, I was not saying that about Jordan Poole, but it's a whole other story. But even after a while, you were like, okay, okay. Oh, he can score. Like, he can score. <laughs> yeah, he can score. Yeah, he's a sixth man. But, it, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see down the road. Uh, the problem with Pajemski running a second unit is the spacing gets a little tricky because, again, he's not the stop and pop guy. And then you start, you know, if you put GP2 out there and Kaminga's reluctant to shoot and 
Like that does get a little clunky uh, when you throw those guys out there. It's got some energy. It, or Quinones can hit a three, but he's not going to go search for a three, search for a shot. Um, that's why I think CP3 will be running the second unit again. Warriors fans will go crazy, but it will be CP3 and then some combination of Clay and Kaminga and you know maybe Sarich, maybe not Sarich. Warriors fans go crazy again. Although Sarich is playing poorly, <laughs> I will say that he is not playing well and. The minutes should be kind of cut from him, and they just got to see what TJD can do it, I think. He's fumbling the ball a lot. I think Kerr really, we know that. Like, what's the way to get out of the lineup is to fumble the ball, is to be indecisive or sloppy with the ball, and he is fumbling the ball a lot. But I think, you know, just because he's young, maybe, you know, you, you give him some run and see where he can take it, because Sarish is not good right now and terrible on defense. I don't know what he was doing tonight. Um, but that second unit with Chris Paul, if, if Paul is healthy, I think you see Pajemski with, 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 with Steph mostly, and you see Clay and CP. That's not too bad to have two Hall of Famers on your second unit. That is not bad. Uh, what's two first ballot Hall of Famers on your second unit? Um, and then maybe you mix them with now with just the convince them that this is the right coaching decision. That's the uh, that's yeah. the key. Yeah. That will be very <laughs> those locker rooms after a a big loss will be very interesting. But we've said that all along, right? It was always gonna be like that. Yeah, and it just it just became way more crowded when Kaminga exploded and Pajemski out of nowhere, by the way. This is I mean, that's really like the story of Pajemski's like this is it like he came out of nowhere. Is he uh, is he the third best but, rookie in the league this year after the two centers? Uh, Hawkes is right up okay. there. Brandon Miller's been really yeah. good, but but they're let me t- I'll tell you this: they're pushing him for all rookie first team. He's got a very good case, yep. and, and you know because it's it's him, Hawkes, Brandon Miller for that kind of three four, that, five range. We know the, who the, the New Orleans guy from UConn, pretty good too, right? Uh, yeah, yep, yep, he's good. Um, so, Hawkins, uh, Hawkins, yeah, Hawkins, okay. yeah, Hawkins. All right, uh, I'm going to get us out of here shortly. Um, quickly, though, they enter the break 27 and 26. Uh, it seems like the Western Conference is stratified enough to where there's five teams, in my opinion, clearly below them. They beat Utah twice this week. Utah's tumbling. Uh, Houston's tumbling. You know, there was you know, Spurs are, are already obviously down there, a couple other teams. So, to me, 10 is now the floor. I feel like maybe I'm being too ambitious there for the Warriors, but the way they're playing, 10's the floor as they exit the break. Um, and the six is the target, you know, can they get, you know, the Kings are kind of falling right now. The Lakers are gettable though, playing better lately. There's other teams in that range, Suns, Pelicans, Mavericks. That's the group of teams they're going to try to climb past. Uh, again, they're playing well, but uh, you saw it tonight. If they're just going to give away games or, or threaten to give away games at all times that they should win, it's going to be tough because they're going to have to win a lot. Yeah, I think six is going to be tough. I mean, and, and it doesn't look like a lot, but it's a lot of teams. Right? I'm saying, you know, you got to jump over a lot of teams, and one or two of those teams is going to play pretty well. And you know, Warriors are what they're eight and three, whatever they are over the last level, whatever it is. So it's a nice run. I don't know if they've got a bunch of that. You know, I don't know if they can sustain that for the whole what rest of the twenty-eight games remaining, whatever they've got left. I can see them get to seven. I think seven. If they can get to that seven-eight game. Where they, you know, have two shots at it, not just one, to, to get into the, you know, out of the playoffs, the play-in. Uh, I think that would be a, not a terrible way to go. Get to that seven, get home court, play eight, maybe you win, and you, you know, you're already in the playoffs. And um, you know, I think that's about where they are. They're, they're like the seventh or eighth best team in the West. If if we, if we project even optimistically, I still know that four teams are going to 
fall by the wayside. I don't know that they're going to chase down four of those teams. There's some pretty good teams in there, right? Dallas is not a bad team. There's not, you know, there's some decent teams ahead of them. I don't know that they're all going to collapse. Uh, I don't think they're going to be tanking. You know, we saw Dallas tank last year. Um, get to seven. If they could get to seven, I think, and, and, and then get through into the playoffs, then what you get two? Is that who you, you get? Number you get to you play the two seed if you win that. Game? If you win the if you win the seven yep. eight play in, even if you're eight, yep. right? You could be eight and you just win yep. the seven eight play in. You get two, which by the way, I mean, like the top four have separated themselves, but who knows who will be two or one? Or, yep. You know, it's Minnesota yep. Thunder, Clippers, and Nuggets. So yeah, yeah any of those would be tough. Good. But I think if yeah. they could, you know, they're not getting a great matchup. I just don't see that happening. So get to the seven, win that game, see what happens to the two seed. I just think that's kind of the top end projection, at least in my head for them. Maybe you guys have a better one. Marcus, final thoughts? Yeah, I, I think I, – I do feel like they've got the easiest schedule the rest of the way. So they, they get some of these cupcake teams, and you see what they've done when they played them, right? This 8-3 this and three record is like, all right, you beat some teams. They need a lot of those. Yeah. Obviously, if you get 7 or 8, that's probably about as best as you can get. I do think, though, I, I don't know. I just don't feel so strongly about a lot of these teams. They're all the same team. They're all the same team. They're all, like, kind of mid and then good sometimes and not good. So, to me, more than anything, they just got to figure out a way to play better, uh, especially in the fourth quarter. I could see six. I could really see it. But then, you know, six and five are tied. So, five is technically on the table as six is. But, you know, uh it's going to be nine or ten, right? <laughs> That's what it's going to be. They're going That's to what they need well, to try to avoid. They need to try yeah, to get to seven, eight playing game at minimum. But, you know, who knows? I, I feel like they could get to a get to six. Uh, I, the crazy part is, CK, I don't know that you want to you wanna get there. Because six well, is Denver. <laughs> no, well, but, that, but, that's but we don't know. That, that's all We jumbled. don't know. That's like, all jumbled. Yeah. You know, they're so. It's, it's not it's actually still, that jumbled, though. Like, it's. it's they're it's there's a lot they're pretty good. I mean yeah. Well, I just so I mean you, you like it's gonna get, be one and two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it it possibly, yeah, no question. But listen, I if you see them, I mean they're five games behind the five seed and you could make you know, they played Phoenix really well, uh very close games, you know. And with New Orleans, like you never know what can happen. So I could see it, but I do think you can also see them like blowing games and having their own injuries. So it's really tough to see them having a 20-game stretch where they're playing really well. I think it's possible, though. It really all depends on Steph. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to spin it forward next week. We'll do a plus-minus coming out of the break. Everybody, enjoy your weekends. No football either, so you two really need to enjoy your weekend. <laughs> um, unless you're it's locked gonna... in Indianapolis, which I don't, I don't think you're going to be traveling no. there. So. No, no, no. All no. right. We will talk to you all next week.